four weeks late, but as promised, MuggleCast 57 is ready for your listening pleasure. Recorded September 18th, 2006. Once you hear the show, you'll understand why we wanted to keep it as number 57. Granted, this show is a bit of a mess, especially at the end. We had some major audio issues that we tried to work out as best as possible. But we hope you'll still enjoy the show, even if it is a little outdated. CYGoDaddy.com is the number one domain registrar worldwide. Now with your domain name registration, you'll get hosting, a free blog, complete email, and much more. Plus, as a MuggleCast listener, enter code RON, that's R-O-N, when you check out and get your .com domain name for just $6.95 a year. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. Guys, 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 guys. What? Breaking news. Huh? An E. coli spinach scare increases to 21 states. That's quite a lot. Wow. So Popeye beware. A Douglas County, Nebraska resident was sickened by the strain of bacteria. There have been 111 people sick, and one person's died. This is kind of depressing way to start the show. I know. It is a pretty depressing way to start the show. Luto is going to just kick Popeye's butt now. Because he's not going to have any spinach. It's all infected with coli. So, you're here first. MuggleCast, we save lives. Don't eat spinach. Unless you're Popeye. Stay away. Unless you're Popeye. <laughs> what about pickles? Do pickles have E. coli in them? No. They're green, too, and they taste bad. I think pickles are pickles are safe, Andrew. Oh, pickles good. Pickles are safe. Good. That would suck, though, oh, if we uh, sort of, you know, said that word and people bought pickles to send and we found out that yeah. touching spinach, pickles... Spinach! No, spinach! It's our new tagline. Touching pickles cause, like, a... Cancer. Specific... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a specific skin disease or something that, uh... I couldn't sleep at night with that, uh... on my conscience, I must admit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you'd have funny. a problem, Jamie. No, I think I would, seriously. I really do think I would. Welcome, everyone, to the show. As you can see, we're off to a great start already. This is gonna be all about spinach. Mm-hmm. We decided <laughs> Harry Potter... We're done. Um... Take a week off. This is 57, you know, 56 shows under our belt. It's time. It's time. It's time, Micah, for you to update us. We're almost senior citizens. <laughs> With the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Um, Andrew? This is a missing episode. There isn't any news. So, that's all the news. Wink, wink. For the September 18th, 2006 edition of MuggleCast, back to the show. Okay, thank you, Micah. Guys, you know, it struck me the other day. What struck We you? rely too much on... Oh, by the way, by the way, how could we go any further? Kevin Steck, welcome back to the yeah, show. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks, Andrew. I have how long <laughs> really missed my presence on the show. How long has it been, Kevin? What, six weeks? At least weeks four now? weeks. Something like Four that. weeks, that's it? I think it's, it's been a long time. time. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it was longer than that. Have no, you lost your touch yet, yeah, Kevin? It's been a hundred years <laughs> or nothing. No. <laughs> uh, Kevin, where have you where have you been? Uh school. School started. Wedding. <laughs> 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 and weddings. It Kevin was a wedding was one weddings. week, wasn't it? I know. I only had three of them this <laughs> summer. Kevin couldn't go to his own wedding because he had a wedding. <laughs> Isn't that right, Kevin? Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, we missed anyway, you, buddy. Couple, we missed you. We Kevin. have. Welcome back, Kevin. We missed your voice. We missed your technical insights. Jokes. Missed everything about you, so welcome back. Anyway, it's, it struck me the other day. We rely too much on MuggleNet to promote the show. Oh, really? I think so. Because lo- look at communities like MySpace. MySpace has 50 million people. Actually, I think you could have more than that now. MuggleCast, or MuggleNet, only gets 25 million. We are <laughs> missing half of the MySpace audience. Yeah. That's huge. Just imagine how many Harry Potter visitors are on MySpace. I know. So, this is the reason why we have created a MuggleCast MySpace to help promote the show, get the word out, and get you you guys interacting with each other. So visit MySpace.com slash MuggleCastFans, or just go to MuggleCast.com for a link, and join up, help promote the show, and uh, it's going to be pretty neato. We already got a lot of friend requests. It's pretty cool seeing pictures of everybody because remember you're an attractive bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we also got a Facebook group. You can join in. This is all to you know help promote the show and you know. Um, um, yeah, that's really good. That's a good one. That one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Allow stalkers inter- to enter our world. I'm doing this hand motion right now, but I can't put my. Um, 
Forget it. Good Forget stuff. it. This I'm done. Good stuff. I'm done. Anyway, we'll <laughs> Ben and Jamie, you guys, Ben and Jamie, you guys got to announce. We a, do. Okay. A major announcement. Okay. It kind of. Um, I think it started one day when I was hungry in the morning, and I went to Subway, and I got a 12-inch Subway melt, and a 12-inch tuna. F- f- for later on so I could eat it later so I came home I had the uh, melt then about four hours later something like that I had the tuna thing and I got online and said to Ben Ben I've just had 24 inches in one day don't you think that's impressive Ben they commented back to me it's okay but I've had 36 now we always want to go one better than you know what we've done yeah of course everything's a competition with us exactly yeah so (laughs) we thought let's go to 48 but of course why go to 48 if you can go to 60. So that's our challenge for California. We're going to do the 60-inch subway challenge. Hopefully each this is going to increase. Yeah, yeah, each of us. Hopefully this is going to increase by 12 inches every time we go on one of, one of trips. these trips. So so uh, if we're still, still doing live podcasts instead of 2020, we'll be doing the 1,024-inch challenge, which <laughs> yeah. could get a bit difficult by then. But uh, we could be more experienced. So, uh, and Ben, are we going to record it and, you know, do everything so we can get it on... Well, so if, if Andrew online. brings his video camera, we will. Okay, Andrew, bring a video camera. Okay, let's record it, and we'll put a video up. I don't. You're gonna eat what four or five different uh, times of the day? Yeah, yeah. Well, five we're, times. We're gonna do it. Oh, like, it's not at one sitting. Okay. No. Oh, yeah. that'd be kind <laughs> yes, of hard. Kevin. Yes, we're, we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> I think Kevin. it would I don't be think Jamie's sixty inches tall. I don't think he'd be. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Jamie could handle it. It's a problem. Okay, Ben, you could. You go up and have sixty inches of uh, subway. Well, see, another thing. This reminds me. This is definitely gonna be a daunting task. The other day, I failed at a similar challenge in my in what my was cal- it? in my pre- my pre-calc class. I bet the teacher Surprise I could there. drink. I could drink uh, four four uh, cans of soda. In, in one minute. And oh, well, clearly you can't oh, do that. Geez. No, hold on, yes. hold on. I, I, I got three down in 40 seconds. And I, and I, took, a look, I, t- I took a look at that Dr. Pepper, and I about passed out. And then I went to the sink, <laughs> then I went to the sink and I threw up. So, okay, you, awesome. know what, you know what? In California, we'll go for four in a minute. We'll, we'll get a video of that, too. We'll put it up on YouTube. What, four, like, that sounds fun. Four cans what, of four soda. 60-inch subways in a minute. <laughs> yeah. In a minute. No, four no, we'll so three gallon of milk in a... Uh, an hour, like it's five impossible. minutes. Wait, Jamie. Yeah. They have subways in England. They do. But unfortunately, I can't set up like a webcam link to Ben's subway so we can, I can do mine. <laughs> you know, he can do his. <laughs> so we're going to wait for California. <laughs> no, I was just surprised fast food chains existed there. How about we make a poll on mugglecastfan.net and let people decide who will win the competition? No, because clearly Ben's going to win it. Well, then why are you in it? No, it, no, it isn't a competition. It's a competition <laughs> a generally just just to do 60 inches in one day. Oh, okay. I thought it was no, you guys no, versus no, 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 no. each other. But right. basically, yeah. we're, we're going to space it out and have one at sort of, you know, 8 a.m., one at 11 a.m., one at 3 p.m., one at, you know, and just go on like that and kind of space it out. So uh, it should be fun, and we'll put it online as well. Moving along, Leaky Mug, live in California. It is only four days away from today. And we're pretending like today no, it's not. is Sunday, oh, yeah. the twenty <laughs> fourth. It's only four days away. Hey guys, we're in England now. I mean, California. Oh, we are. It's pretty yeah, cool, we are, isn't yeah. it? It's been oh fun. yeah, California. Yeah. We're all I've had a blast so far. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see what tomorrow brings. Um, Leaky Mug Live in California, September twenty eighth at seven p.m. at the Borders in Westwood. It's going to be a ton of fun. West Philadelphia, born and raised in the playground where I was spent most of my days. Sorry. Yeah. It's going to be a ton of fun, and we're looking forward to meeting everyone. If you're in California, if you're anywhere on the West Coast, just come out. If it's you're anywhere drive. in, in a, okay, the Okay, California world, is the West Coast, Andrew. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> the Midwest or the West. Yeah, so... Come out to California. If you're anywhere, if you're anywhere, come and see us, please. Yeah. If you're in China... In China, if you're in Australia, come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're probably not doing another live podcast for a while, so uh, it's your last. Well, this is this the Leaky Mug farewell <laughs> tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell people that. They'll do like what those other bands, like those bands do. They always come back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll regroup. Moving Throw along, 
listener rebuttals this week. First, we start off with a cor- correction. We got tons of feedback on this. I know. We're sorry. We James inherited again. the invisibility cloak yeah. from his father, not his mother like we might have uh, speculated. This came from an AOL interview that J.K. Rowling did back in October I think what Andrew's trying to say in not so many words is that we got it completely, completely <laughs> wrong. Yeah, we just didn't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, we can't, you know. So there you go. Uh, moving on to emails now. Holly17 of North Bay. Where's North Bay? No one, New uh, Jersey. A bay that's in the north. Pro- probably New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Kevin, I got the IP address. Trace this for me while I... Uh, Just get Kevin to do it, and in two oh, seconds you'll you have a full match. On yes, that. it's 6 9 Wait, one sec, let me... Uh, don't say open that my Yeah, don't. I'm going to edit it out. I'm going to... Okay. Hey, Ben. 6 9 Ben, if you give Kevin an IP address in two minutes, you have a... That one, you have a full, one? a full that plan two. of their house when they were born. What they eat okay. for breakfast. He's that good. <laughs> this rebuttal concerns the uh, homeschooling discussion we had last week. Wait a second, I'm listening to MongoCast number 56, and Jamie's trying to argue that you can't teach yourself calculus. Well, I'm in first year university, and my calculus teacher doesn't speak English. His Russian accent is really, really, really thick to the point we can't understand words. That's so we, i.e. everyone in, the, in my class, can't learn calculus from anyone else. So I, and everyone else, have to teach myself calculus from the textbook, oh, and I'm learning sucks. it by myself. This is the same as my discrete math class. I'm a math major, and it's really complex math. And my teacher doesn't speak English, so I'm teaching it to myself. We don't have a choice. We have to teach it to ourselves. So if Hogwarts was shut down, it would be just like having a teacher who doesn't speak English. You're pretty much on your own. We can do it, so wizards and witches can too. To a point. Didn't I argue that you could? Yeah, I think she meant Ben. Yeah, but no, I, I still completely disagree. You're not going to get... Oh, you're not hold, going on, to hold on, hold on, we got... Hold on, no, no, let's not start this again. Let's not start this No, she, no, listen, listen. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Shut up. Hey, let, let me speak, Kevin. <laughs> she's not... <laughs> she's not going to be able to teach herself calculus as quickly or as good as if she had an instructor. That's, Ein- that's a good Einstein that's did a fair it. point. Oh, yeah, and Einstein Steve. is the average college student. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but you can't uh, speak for the person writing in. Yeah, Steve Danison, 18, from Albany, New York, also writes we about homeschooling. I, <laughs> well, it's, a, it's the same. Oh, okay. I do not believe homeschooling is an option because in order to be homeschooled, the students would have to be allowed to use magic outside of Hogwarts, which we know is not allowed. Okay. I believe if Hogwarts is closed, there will be no schooling of any sorts unless the students were to be sent to another school, which is unlikely. So, yeah. That's a good point, Ben. Can't argue with that one. Um, um, but they I could change it, I though. think an exception they would They could be change made. it, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. it could change it, but at the current time, right that now, it could be. But in time trick. of war and time of war, they're going to change it. That's yeah. very true, also. Darren, 39 of Columbus, Ohio, also writes about homeschooling. The ability to learn without teachers does depend on the student. Examples. Newton invented calculus. No one taught him. Number two, Hermione performed several spells before the first year. Uh, number three, Hermione made the Polyjuice Potion long before it was taught. Number four, Fred and George created the swap, which was new magic. Number five, Marauder's Map, not something that would be taught. Number six, Horcrux, who taught Voldy to spill his soul. Slack on, slack In the on, end, on. we take what we know and expand on it. This is learning without teachers. This is why. Yes, I know, I know. He makes a good point, but I'm saying you have to establish the base. When you have first years who are going in there, they have to actually have some basis for learning. They can't just be able to jump straight into advanced magic. They have to have, but be ben, able to establish the building blocks. This is why the best students are always the people who go off and read f- for themselves and learn themselves on top of everything they do. I'm not saying that uh, you're right, that you know you need a base, which is why you couldn't teach yourself at kindergarten, y- You know, because you need somebody who can teach you the basics. But once you're there, you can build on it. And so I think they can do that at uh, Wizarding School. <laughs> that sounded so bad. What a weak yeah, argument. That was, that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> I just realized we never did our um, name intros. Oh, yeah. I will. Uh, the show well, never began. You know who we are. Start, rewind. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Jimmy Lawrence. I'm Kevin Seck. And I'm Mike Atano. All right, now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> next rebuttal, Jamie. This is from Amy24 from Durham, but not the Durham I go to. 
and oh, I, I got excited oh, for a second. So did I. So do you mean that, that, you mean that we second could meet rate up? UK Yes, thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. Ben, remind me how much you pay for college each year. Go on, just just tell me. Well, I'm not in college yet, but it'll be pretty Okay, Ben, when you will be in college. All right. Well, then I can think how cheap your second-rate education is. It's better than your education. That's Ooh. why uh, Stephen Hawking is at go. Oxford. He is. He is. Actually, he isn't. He's a well. He was at Cambridge. Oh wait! So you guys. Get your facts right. Get your oh, facts right. Email. That's right. dumb Americans. He's a Gonville and Keys. Kevin. Kevin. Gonville and Keys. Keys College, Cambridge. Get it right. Get it right. Can we get back to this, or are we just gonna yeah go dwell on this on Ben's? second-rate education, not mine. <laughs> okay, this is Amy24 from Durham, North Carolina. She says, Hi, I've been listening to your show for some weeks now, but finally decided to send in a comment today. In your discussion about James's cloak in 56, you touched on the point that the cloak might be Lily's, and refuted it later, but not completely. I think that the cloak cannot belong to Lily, because Dumbledore said the cloak belonged to James, and as we all know, Dumbledore was as precise in what he says. Uh, and in what he says, Joe, we already, well, yeah, we already Joe. got... We already got owned on this one. Yeah, we did. So, <laughs> well, why don't we just be owned again since we did screw up? Come on. The point of this rebuzzle, rebuttal was the last two paragraphs. Okay. But also, yes. the mundane reason, as you mentioned, why Dumbledore had the cloak can be that James left it with him to be used by uh, the Order, given the fact that cloaks are rare, and Dumbledore could not return it back to the Potters before they died, as he did not know who the Secret Keeper was. Given D- Dumbledore's role in safeguarding the Potters and Wormtail's character, I think there was very little time lost between his being Secret Keeper and Voldemort arriving at the Potters' doorstep. Dumbledore also could not have been present at the time of the Potters' death, as apart from the fact that he could not have just stood by, he would also need to have known who was the Secret Keeper for that. He would have been told in some format directly by Wormtail, Wormtail and then he could have given the evidence against Sirius later. Not have. What do you guys think? He could not have. Sorry? Oh yeah, and he could not have given the evidence against Sirius later. I think that's a very interesting theory. You mean, you didn't hear a word? <laughs> no. <laughs> I read it. That's what I was there. saying, Andrew. You just thought you'd no, say I, it. No, I think it's an interesting theory. Anyone else? That's all I had Got to say. <laughs> any more, slightly more detailed comments? <laughs> No, well, that, that, no that that's excellent. It. Good. Excellent. Well done, everyone. Well done, everyone. The uh, discussion this week is clearly up to scratch. Well, as you, usual. you usually have something to add. Yeah, well, I was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Go ahead. Read the next one. Okay. We're sorry, Amy. No one uh, has any comments at all, which is bad. Okay, this is from Vanessa25 from California. Hope you're coming to the podcast. I wonder if Dumbledore gave the cloak to Hagrid to use, perhaps to overhear Wormtail giving someone else access to Godric's Hollow, because he had to know the secret location to go in and rescue Harry. Um, that brings up an interesting point. Is if the cloak even somebody... big enough to fit Hagrid, though? No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it would cover, like, one hand or something. Okay, um, that, does, that does bring up an interesting point, though. If you are in... If you hear somebody... Uh, telling somebody the location, do you know it? Because they weren't actually telling you. And apparently you have to be told. It has to be a conscious effort on the part of the secret keeper to tell you the the uh, location. So, but any, anyway, obviously Sirius's motorcycle couldn't be hidden by the cloak along with Hagrid, and it's almost too much to consider that it could even cover Hagrid alone. There you go. Except that Harry, Ron, and Hermione can all fit underneath it together. The only problem with this is Dumbledore always thought the Secret Keeper had been serious all the way until Prisoner of Azkaban. If Hagrid knew who the Secret Keeper was, wouldn't he have passed that information along? Anyone have any comments? Of course he would have. Assuming he knew, of course. Yeah, but I think you can't... I mean, you can't assume that he knew. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think it goes back to exactly what she said in terms of him having it in his possession at the time that James yeah. died. I think it's more important that he had it physically on him in some capacity when the event took place. Like, I, I'm not saying that he's responsible in any way for what happened, but it makes it seem like almost Dumbledore shouldn't have had it in his possession at that time. That it should have been should have been used for something else. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that sounds right. Someone else read the next one. This leads into our main discussion, which why we which is why we have it in here. Sort of leads in. Evelyn41 of Woodstock, Canada, eh? 
talks about also talks about the invisibility cloak. Regarding the invisibility uh, regarding the invisibility cloak, I believe it is because of Petunia that Dumbledore has the cloak. Petunia, although she loved the wizarding world, did love her sister. Petunia went to Godric's Hollow on now this is her theory. Petunia went to Godric's Hollow on that fateful night to try to convince her sister to leave James and the wizarding world behind. When Voldemort shows up, James, or perhaps Lily, covers Petunia with the cloak since she has no magical means to protect herself. Petunia watches in horror as first James, then Lily, are killed. She also observes the curse, which backfired on Voldemort, and watches him flee, close to death. A short while later, Snape, who of course is one of the good guys, shows up to try to warn the Potters that they are in danger, having extracted this information from the traitor, Wormtail. Obviously, he was too late, but Petunia recounts exactly what happened. Together, Snape and Petunia retell the dreadful tale to Dumbledore. It is because of Petunia's eyewitness account of Snape trying to warn the Potters that Dumbledore trusts Snape. Dumbledore also took the invisibility cloak from Petunia and modified her memory so that she has no recollection of these horrific events. Can I just add that after this happened, Snape and Petunia lived happily ever after until the end of time, and they're still together. Dun, dun. That is very interesting. Though. Yeah, it sounds pretty. Uh, well, I, I thought possible. this was. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. It's a good theory, but again, it would go back to the fact that James or Lily had the invisibility cloak in yeah, their possession, exactly. and she clearly states that. And Dumbledore also, um, does, unless she's talking more generically, that's. I think she needs to be more specific because at the time of his death could be a generic period yeah, of time, and also um, as opposed to the specific event. Also, Sorry. It, no, it's fine. Uh, also. Uh, how much did Petunia care about Lily? Well, yeah, that's the thing, because this is where her whole theory stems from. Now, according to this rebuttal, um, she says that Petunia did love her sister. Yeah, now, I don't know that. if that is yeah, fact, because I, I don't remember hearing that. This is just part of her theory. However, as a sister, you would think that you would always have an underlying love for yeah, I guess no, so, but your sister. she doesn't talk very highly of her, you know, normally, so I don't know. Well, no, now. But, I mean, I, I talk trash on my sister every you day. You still love her, don't you, Andy? And you still think she's hot. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't, and I never did say that, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, oh, yeah, okay. P.S. I love your show and listen to it regularly. Today is my birthday, and it would be a great birthday present to get a mention on air, although I already feel that this theory, which just, quote, fell into my head today, is birthday present enough. Keep up the great work. It always keeps us Harry Potter fans occupied while we not so patiently await book seven. So happy birthday, Evelyn of Canada. Happy birthday to you. And this does lead into our main discussion this week, which is... Petunia Dursley. What about Dumbledore's a will? What about Dumbledore? I, I'm moving that because that's very funny. The rebuttal. All oh, right. What? The will? Yeah. yeah it's quite yeah, funny. <laughs> when yeah. are you reading it? You reading it later? Or? Uh, after. Okay. After cool. Discussion. Character discussion on Petunia Dursley. We haven't done one of these in a while. And Petunia, aged around her 30s or 40s. Petunia is a tall and gaunt with blonde hair and an almost abnormally long neck. She has a long, bony, horse-like face with long teeth and large blue eyes. Petunia is nosy and likes to gossip. She has a shrill voice and a brisk, snappish manner. She is an immaculate housekeeper and keeps her home, located at number 4 Perfect Drive, spotless. Petunia despises magic or abnormality in any form and likes to act as though the magical world does not exist. But there are some strange things going on with Petunia. And that's what we're going to discuss today, Mike. She sounds like quite a cat. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Micah, you got a I'd little... I'd go on a date uh, with her. her. Yeah. Alright, so one of the biggest questions surrounding Anne Petunia is, is she a squib? And from JKR's own website, she said that Anne Petunia has never performed magic, nor will she ever be able to do so. But she if hasn't Petunia... said... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that she hasn't specifically said there that she is a squib, though. The, that she isn't that's, a squib, yeah, where she is. An interesting point. No, uh, no. I mean, she's dodged the uh, word, basically. Yeah, she, you know, on purpose. It looks like she says that she hasn't ever performed magic, nor will she ever be able to do but so. But a squib can. That could be to. That could be due to emotional trauma, you know, like when Tonks couldn't uh, transform herself after the death of Sirius. You know, it could be that she's never been able to perform magic because she hates the thought of being abnormal in her world uh, so she can't you know bring herself to do it and she won't ever be able to do it because she won't 
ever be able to get over the thought of being abnormal in her world. So she could be, you know, completely magical, but she just can't do it. But, I mean, that's almost the direct definition of a squib if you look it up. No, 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 no. no, no. I, I thought that a squib was somebody who who was a non-magical person. So with, with all their heart, they could not perform magic. Right, but, and J.K.R. specifically said she has never performed magic, nor will she ever be no, able to do no, so. No, but what I'm saying is that there's a difference between being magical and not being able to do magic and not actually, you know, having the requirements in yourself to do magic. Does that make sense? Or not? I think it makes sense. I mean... Uh, I I don't know. She can have, like, a magic background but not be able to perform the actual magic. Exactly, exactly. You could have... It's like this. It's like, um... It's like... Okay, okay, this is very a weird... Analogy. uh, Yeah, analogy. But, uh, say... You have you have got roller skates on, okay? You are capable of roller skating, but you could be so scared of falling over that you could you cannot do it, and you won't be able to do it because you can't get over your fear. That's different to somebody who doesn't have roller skates on, so clearly could not ever roller skate because they don't have the tools to roller skate. Okay. Make it what you will. Make of it what you will. So you're saying it's more of her own will that she's not never able to do it, as opposed to her. Yeah, precisely. But but is she a but, witch or is well, she? No, a I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But she could be magical though. J.K. Rs. That looks like she's dodged the uh, squib issue by saying that. You know, she hasn't actually said she is not a squib. She's just saying that she hasn't. You know, performed magic. No, I I think that it. If anything, it proves that she possibly could be a squib. No, it? because it just says that she hasn't performed magic and she won't be able to perform magic. Not that she does not have the ability to do magic. She. Uh, but that's not the definition of a no, squib. I thought that a squib was a non-magical person. They cannot do born. No, but, okay. Born of yeah, muggle, yeah. or wizard at, parents. Like this, a wand does not perform spells. There's something inside you that the wand acts as a catalyst for that causes the the spell to come out, which is why you can do magic without a wand. If Petunia... Sorry, if a squib pointed a wand and learnt all of the spells in the world, it wouldn't matter because they they don't have that thing inside them that is put through the wand and turns into the spell. You know, it's like that. Whereas... That's a squib. Whereas a person who just cannot do magic, perhaps to, due to emotional trauma, as, a, as I said, is somebody who does have that thing inside them, but is unable to channel it for reasons of, I don't know, you know, emotion, morality, you know, fear, something like that. And that could be Petunia instead of her being a squib. I mean, I'm not saying she she is like that, but it's a possibility, considering yeah. how Joe's worded it. No, I understand what you're saying, and Andrew just brought up the next part of it, is if Petunia were a squib, it would mean that her family was magical, um, but we're told, in fact, that Lily was muggle-born. Wait, so... So... Okay, so that well, answers the... Well, if JKR is telling us the truth, question, which we... Well, why would she lie to us? She hates us. <laughs> she wouldn't do that to me, would she? <laughs> so wait, you'd be saying that if she's a squib, then her, her, her entire family would be wizards and witches. Well, one of them would have to so, be. Yeah. One of her parents would have to well, be. Yes, you're right. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But Lily was muggle-born, right? So she, but that can't be... So she can't yeah. be a squib. Right, right. So, so my theory holds some weight. So if she's not a squib and she's not a witch, what information are we going to learn about her in Book 7 that's so revealing... So surprising. She's half a house elf. <laughs> <laughs> it, it must be something that she knows. Yeah, of course it is. There must be some little factoid that she knows that she'll have to tell Harry. Well, she's already. We've already seen that she has quite a bit of knowledge of the magical world that we didn't know about, like with the with the Dementor and stuff. So well, yeah, precisely. There's more to Petunia than meets the eye. I think Joe said that actually. She did. So that uh, to me that means there's more to her as opposed to what she knows. Yeah. But she clearly does know something that, you know... That's... that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, that's a bigger s- 
step we've taken there, isn't it? <laughs> It's a big revelation. One small yeah. step for Mugglecast. Well, that's the thing. Harry that's a, for Harry Potter fans. That's why we included that rebuttal this week because she's su- suggesting that Petunia actually was at Godric's Hollow and she saw this going down, down and uh, might connect around. the cloak. Sugar with I don't think that's true. And what do you think is true, Ben? I don't think it made sense. If Dumbledore was given the cloak before James's death by James, why would Petunia have it after he died? Yeah, I didn't know about that. But oh, well, she sort of explained her theory. But nonetheless, all right, moving along. Move along. Do you think that she has any type of feelings for Harry? And did she love her sister? This kind of goes back to what we brought up before. Uh, Harry Petunia oh, shippers. Oh, she clearly. She. Cl- I don't think you can say that she's completely, you know, emotionless towards him. She's got to feel something. And clearly, when she I, says, I think she. Well, she. She sort of. Well, has, I think, I think it's a big to, facade because of Vernon's around. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And in right, book five, yeah. when she says, um, "You know, the boy has to stay uh, yeah. after those letters come," it's clearly you know because of what Dumbledore has told her about. But it just seems you know there's something else there as well. She doesn't want to turn him off into the streets like Vernon does. She's she hasn't ever been the person who says you know out out. Get out. She's always just been hiding behind her husband. I think the problem is that she can't. Why? Because of, you know, the... Yeah. Because of Dumbledore's Remember My Last and all that, and the Dursley House having some sort of magical, you know, staying close to the bloodline and all that. I just don't think she can kick him out. Oh, yeah, I think that's probably right. And obviously, she she had to convince Vernon somehow. I mean, there must have been more to it than just, Vernon, he stays. Yeah. Isn't that what she said in Order of the Phoenix? Yeah, she did, yeah. But as for loving Lily, you have to have some sort of love for your sister. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, she can be She's as family. mad as so, possible with her, but she still has to up, have some sort of emotion towards her sister. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so we've seen in the past books that she does have some knowledge of the magical world. Where does her knowledge of things such as Dementors and the severity of Voldemort and him coming back come from? Would she really have spent enough time around James and Lily to know about this stuff? Well, I was thinking that Lily was going to Hogwarts as well, so, I mean, she came home on the summers. Well, actually, actually, in Book 5, we saw um, uh, Petunia said that she heard Lily say it to him, and him was Harry's father, so that's how she found out about the Dementors. So it's likely she could have acquired some more information yeah, just exactly. by overhearing it. I mean... Lily was home every summer, so you'd assume that she'd she'd snoop a bit. Yeah, she must have heard you know? them. Yeah, or like right. pick. She had to be curious if you if you something. hated. Yeah, if you hated this whole magical ability so much, you have to be curious as yeah. to learn didn't, more about didn't, it. Um, so. Didn't George Washington say we're always curious about the things we hate? Probably. Didn't, well, <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> I, I don't really think there's anything else to add to that. Where does her knowledge of things such as Dementors and the severity of Voldemort's return? No, no, I think that's about right. it. And as far as Voldemort, I think she's pretty aware of the fact that he killed her sister and James. Well, exactly, yeah. She must have asked questions about that. And you know, she doesn't just... Not to mention, I'm sure, whatever was in Dumbledore. Yeah, and she had obvious contact cle- with clearly. Dumbledore, so... Okay, um, this is actually an interesting question. What does Joe mean by never performing magic? Clearly by providing her place of residence, she's sealing the ancient magic that keeps Harry safe while he is underage. Is Joe being careful with her wording here, as she so often does? Haven't, haven't we just discussed this? Yeah, but I think... Yeah, we sort of did in the beginning. The question goes more towards... She is, in a way, performing magic because oh, well, she's sealing... We get into a huge discussion here. <laughs> she... Uh, because, no, no, I was thinking, because, uh, okay, this, do you think this ancient magic, if you look at it kind of like one of the prophecies, okay, in the prophecies, a prophecy will only come true if, well, s- most prophecies, or some prophecies will only come true if certain conditions in the prophecy uh, are made. For example, the prophecy, uh, the prophecy in Order of the Phoenix uh, only came true because Voldemort only heard half of it and then marked Harry as an equal, uh, thereby creating his own enemy. Now, it could be that Lily 
seals the magic, um, this ancient magic, just because she provides him residence. So it could be in this spell, in this sort of incantation, you know, the way that this works, it could be that uh, Dumbledore creates this spell and he says that whatever, and that this protection is given on Harry if so-and-so provides him a thing of welcome. So it's just a condition that she has to meet. It doesn't require any magic because she's just fulfilling the terms of something else. She isn't doing um, anything active. She's, she's part of the equation, that's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Kevin. I'm trying to say that. And that is a much better uh, succinct summary than my waffling on about it, which didn't actually say anything. <laughs> so yeah, she, she, she's just sealing the uh, ancient magical equation, but not performing any magic of her own, I think. I just keep thinking about what could this big revelation be, because we've sort of come to the conclusion that, and I just don't understand how it could come into a big play in in, in book seven. The only thing I can think of is that Ampetunia has something that's going to help Harry discover the final horcruxes yeah. are fine. Maybe yeah. Petunia's a horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, she could be. So, Micah, you brought up last week that Joe is always very careful about her words. What do you think about this? The never-performing magic line. Well, I think Jamie was right before. You can interpret it two different ways. And it's either she chooses never to perform the magic or because she's afraid of it, or she just doesn't have the actual ability to do it. And I agree with him when he said that she's more just part of the equation as far as the ancient magic is concerned. She she doesn't have the ability, I don't think, to perform, Thanks, perform it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Your check's in the post. No problem. Um, now, this is something interesting, and it kind of relates to Petunia. We have yet to really find out about Dudley's greatest fear, and we're told we'll find out about it in the final book. What possibly could he fear, and how do you guys think it relates to Aunt Petunia? I don't know. I hate to say this, but he grew up in one of those perfect childhoods where it almost seems like he was molested. Oh. I mean, that, that's the only <laughs> thing I can think of. Oh. In, all, in all honesty, I mean, what else could there be? He's, he had a perfect life. No, he didn't, though. As Well, he didn't. He thinks he did, but as Dumbledore said in Half-Blood Prince... Um, you know, at least you haven't inflicted the damage that you've inflicted on Dudley on Dudley on Harry, that kind of stuff. You know, uh, so perhaps there's something that they've done that, uh, you know, to do something to to him, which would turn into his greatest fear. But Abraham Lincoln did say, I think it was him. We have nothing to fear but fear itself, and he did actually say that. <laughs> that so was FDR, perhaps he, not Lincoln. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, at least I, uh, at least I knew it was an. Uh, President, I I would think that his biggest fear is magic. Is Harry casting a spell? But that can't on be it. his biggest fear. No. If he looked, I think. Why if he looked into it? the to the mirror? It has to be something yeah, inflicted by his parents. Uh, do you think it's possible that? I mean, Dudley has always had a hate of Harry, right? So he knows that Harry is different in some way. Yeah. Where did he find this out? He probably found it out from Petunia. Is it possible that she told him something about Harry to make? him hate slash fear something about Harry and that's why he's always been but he's just scared of it well I'm sure they yeah and they probably would have made something up like he can kill you if you I mean it's true but well perhaps he's uh, scared of death then if he if he gets scared whenever Harry points his wand in his face um, (laughs) maybe that he's scared of being killed Ben I was trying not to laugh there and you've just started it off no, it could just be that Dudley is scared of death in general, and he thinks that because he doesn't understand magic, whenever Harry points his wand in his face, he thinks he's going to avada cadaver him and kill him. What about his parents being in trouble? What about Petunia and Vernon possibly being attacked well, th- in some well, way? I think he's obviously extremely reliant on his parents, so they could be big as well. Or, or even along the lines of what Kevin is saying, possibly something that Petunia knows that maybe Dudley has an idea about getting out. Yeah, that's... And people finding out oh, yeah. about Harry. Oh, yeah, perhaps. Okay, this question kind of relates to what we talked about before in terms of her knowing more than she lets on, but it's Vernon who seems to be shocked at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban when Harry informs him that Sirius is his godfather, not Petunia. Well, it's likely that Petunia already knew then. Yeah. Although, yeah, 
I think she probably did, because she must have been around when he was born. You know, and went to a christening and everything. Sort of following up, did Petunia know Sirius? There are a lot of people out there who think that they knew each other pretty well, and it's possible they even spent time together, given that Lily um, was her sister and that Sirius was so close with James. And I'm sure that there were times where they all got together. I mean... They must have talked. It isn't... Who? Petunia included? Huh? Well, well, this kind of goes included, to the last yeah. point, where what did Petunia, uh, what did Petunia do as a child? I mean, did she just hide whenever Lily had friends over? Because her parents, from what we're told, well, seem to be very welcoming to the whole idea of Lily being a witch. Yes, yeah, they were. But her friends, her friends from Hogwarts. Yeah, because well, when Petunia is explaining to Harry what happened to Lily. In book one, isn't doesn't she say something like, um, "They came home. oh wait no she came home transfiguring was, frogs into stuff." No, I, I was gonna say that she she ran off to school and that was the last they saw of her. But actually, she said they ran. Or Lily and that boy ran off and got married. Oh yeah, okay, saw yeah. Her again. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, I just can't picture. Uh, I don't see why they would go... Mm. Petunia would keep her distance. What? They, oh, yeah, no, she would. But, you know, when... Uh, I assume, How old were James and Lily when they got married, do you think? And had Harry... Probably early 20s. Okay, well, she must have... She can't have not talked with them then. I mean, as a child, she was probably scared. But she... I mean, I assume that she'd observe niceties at that age and go to their wedding and, you know, speak to them and stuff. So I'm sure she talked to Sirius. And I can't remember. I just started rereading Prisoner of Azkaban, but I think when it's on the TV that Sirius Black has gotten free from prison, she reacts in a very odd way. So this all goes back to her knowing more than she lets on. It's just a question of how does she get this information? Is it information that she had previously, or is she getting fed this information somehow? She couldn't have been getting... It couldn't have been fed to her. She has no connections inside, inside Hogwarts, or any magical world. Well, what, what about Arabella Fig, the neighbor that's kept yeah. Harry all these years? Well, actually, Petunia. Nope. They, they. She said that Petunia and Vernon don't know because they wouldn't want her him to spend time with her if he knew that he was going to be having a good time. So that wouldn't make sense. Well, I agree. I don't know. I just. I just don't think that she could have a source. Other than overhearing, overhearing Lily and James. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. But I guess just to wrap it up real quick, it's not even on here, what do you guys think is going to happen to her? Or even all of them as a whole? <laughs> I keep saying this. I just think she's going to reveal something. <laughs> but Harry, yeah, yeah. that's going to be it. I don't see anything happening to her, like, physically. You don't think the house is going to be attacked? I doubt it, no. I don't see that happening. Why would they attack the, a house that they know Harry isn't at? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would send a message, because but it would cause them to tighten, you know, their security. And and, and I mean, it wouldn't actually solve anything at all. I just don't... And the only, the only day they'd ever attack is the last day that the, um, I guess the enchantment... Yeah, exactly. ...is yeah. on, you know, once... It, but... I don't see Harry being there that day, so, no, you yeah. know, who cares? But, but didn't Dumbledore say in the conversation that he has to return? Um, he's, well, Until he's, he's 17. Until he's 17. Yeah, One see, more summer. thing. Goes, I yeah. mean, but is the day he goes to 17 is the day he leaves. Right? Well, so. today he doesn't have to go back because the protection doesn't matter anymore. But um, exactly, yeah. Dumbledore said that when he knew... Well, actually, actually, perhaps he did know that he was going to die then. You know, if he'd planned it all with Snape. Perhaps he he knew then that he was going to die, so he told Harry to come back. Actually, perhaps he told Harry to come back, knowing full well that Harry wouldn't go back, and he'd search for the Horcruxes and everything. I don't know. I don't. I don't I'm not not quite sure why he would do that, but it, it just seems that if he if if we assume by that point he had arranged with Snape, assuming that Snape's good, of course, if he, he'd arranged with Snape then that he was going to die by then, I don't know why he'd tell Harry to go back to the. Dursley's for one more summer because I mean he, he he's going to have to find the the Horcruxes at some point which means he's going to have to p- 
put himself in have to direct leave, yeah. danger. Exactly. So delaying it for one summer seems pointless. Right, and I don't understand why that last summer would matter anyways, because school gets out in June and his birthday is July I know 31st, why it is. so you only I have know two why it months is. anyways. It's so he can homeschool himself and teach himself more than, yeah. <laughs> than you can learn in school. Uh, but that's an interesting point, Jamie, that if he was planning everything out, it makes perfect sense that he would go and remind Petunia because he wouldn't be there to do it himself in the end. So Petunia still has a big question mark on her. I think that's the conclusion we came to. Last week I brought up to everyone, well, I asked everyone to send in uh, what Dumbledore has on his will. Because, I mean, come on. The guy's pretty, he's pretty big. He's got to have something uh, drawn out for everyone. So we got some entries. I'm going to read one right now. This is from John of PA. He lists them, the top ten things on Dumbledore's will. Number ten, <laughs> lemon drops to sever his snape. God knows he could be a little less sour. Number nine, old boxes of Birdie Bots' every flavored beans to Umbridge, wishing her the same fate. Number eight, the pensive I leave to Professor McGonagall so someone has some sort of an understanding of what was going through my head. I'd leave it to Hagrid, but you know how free he is to share information. Number seven, all my books I leave to Madame Pince's restricted section so no one will ever be able to read them. Number six, I leave my best mead to Professor Trelawney so she doesn't have to reek strictly of sherry. Number five, I leave my earmuffs to Hagrid to go along with his umbrella. Number four, to Ronald Weasley, I leave the first ever printed chocolate frog card with my picture on it. Now you have seven of them. Number three, for Hermione Granger, I leave all my gizmos and gadgets. You're the only person who could ever possibly work them anyway. Number two, to Harry Potter, I leave Gaunt's ring just because I have nothing else to leave. And number one, to Dobby, I bequeath all my woolly socks. Signed, Albus P.W.B. Dumbledore. And thank you once again to John from Pennsylvania. Moving on, as many people know, we like to help people out here on the show. Isn't that right, Mr. Lawrence? We do. And we got this email the other day, and we have to read it. Jamie, go for it. Okay, yeah, I will, yeah. So um, this week uh, we have an email from Aaron Nicholson, 15, from Nottingham, England. And he would like to ask uh, one of our biggest fans, Sarah Bannister. Sarah, are you out there? He wants to ask you if you will go out with him. Yes, I will! Yay! Yeah, so please call him and tell him yes, because, you know, we don't like unhappy relationships on this show, so tell him yes, no way. Uh, that you've been waiting for him to ask you for years and years and years, and that <laughs> finally you can profess your undying love to him. Aww. And you can both jog into the sunset, holding hands, living happily yeah. after, <laughs> while still listening to the show on your iPods, of course. Remember your roots. Because you can't forget us, the people that brought you together, so... Right. Please, Sarah, say yes. Please, Sarah. <laughs> Jamie, you also got a British joke of the day for us? I don't have one. Oh, wait. What? Yes, I do. Oh, good. Yes, I do. Uh, it isn't good. really a joke, but uh, before, I was trying to make a kettle, but I just couldn't quite get a handle on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's too bad. Let's hit up the voicemails, and then we'll get out of here. Here comes the first one right now. Hey, Mugglecasters. This is Nicole from Iowa City. I love the show, especially when Ben broadcasts from weird places. I've had a question for you guys. According to Dumbledore on page 426 of POA U.S. edition, Trelawney has given two known prophecies. Both have concerned Voldemort, and that seems to be her area of specialty, so to speak. Throughout the books, Joe often uses three as a nice round number, especially for magical events. For example, three triwizard challenges, three times the potters defied Voldemort, etc. Do you think it's possible that Trelawney will give a third and final prophecy converting, concerning Voldemort and or Harry? Just wanted to know what you guys thought. Bye. I don't think there's going to be any more prophecies. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jamie. Yes, there's going to oh, be 10 million more prophecies. No, I don't think there will be. Do you, do you think we'll... Do you, Kill her do you hopes. Kill we'll her hopes. Kill her, her dreams. I don't think there's a need for another prophecy. Apart from prophecy 2007. Wait, when, uh, when Harry was talking to Dumbledore... He Dumbledore said he's known her to give how many prophecies correctly? Was it two? Call, call yourself Which, a fan, Kevin. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I'm just well, Jamie's in a bad mood. Don't mind him, Kevin. Now What's the name of that guy it? who uh, Did... who's in the books again? <laughs> What's his name? Was it <laughs> Harry? I think Henry. That's it. <laughs> Henry. Anyway, um, so doesn't that including Harry's prophecy that she told Harry doesn't that make three? No, no. It's one where she predicted that. 
Peter Pettigrew would rise up again and join Voldemort, and the original prophecy that oh, she, okay. you know, that she did in front of Dumbledore. You can't just bring a prophecy out of nowhere at the beginning of the book and expect it to be fulfilled by the end. And I think yeah, we already have. We already have one prophecy left that needs to be fulfilled. Yeah. So I don't think there's going to be another one. Yeah, there's too much going on also, for book, another prophecy. Book there. 7 is all about choice. You know, it's been stressed throughout the entire series, and now it's got to be all about what Harry wants to do, what Voldemort wants to do, you know. They can't just find one more, and it changes everything, I don't think. I don't know. It's an interesting theory, though. Hi, this is Andrew Evans from Miami, Florida. And I was wondering, in the third book, Harry's Bogart was a Dementor, but since he can repel them now without trouble, I don't think he would fear that anymore. So if he saw Bogart now, what do you think he would say? Thanks. Bye. I think he would see, like, the death of his friends, yeah, you know? Or Voldemort. Can you actually see those things? Is it a Bogart, he fears Voldemort dying? He, no, Voldemort's not his worth fear. Wait, exactly. He wouldn't actually fear Voldemort. He he would fear what Voldemort, you know, could bring. It's like... Could it's do, like, yeah, that's true. Haven't yeah. you always wondered that, like, do you... Do we honestly it's like think... like the mirror of error said uh, discussion. Yeah. No, but do, do you... Do, do, it's like it's weird. I, I've always thought it's weird that Ron's the thing he fears absolutely the most is spiders. There's going to be something he uh, fears more, like you know, emotional things like being alone or you know, uh, growing old and not having anyone to. If you, you know. if you have like a phobia, I mean, it's oh, some well, of um, the most well, intense um, fear you can well, okay have. Okay, then. Uh, 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 I just think Ron seems a bit superficial, and that's why his fear isn't. But there are other people as well. As who, deep. Who else? Um, I mean, the moon's understandable for Lupin, but um, well, yeah, but there's the people who changes, are afraid though. of going on elevators. I mean, yeah, that's their biggest fear. They can't stand them. Yeah, I guess it's so, just I a, guess so, but the physical and mental reaction they get to the situation. I just doubt that Harry's would be Voldemort straight. You know, it just yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I agree. when Lupin says that uh, after Harry says that he fears, you know, Dementors the most, he says that uh, you know that shows that the thing you fear most is fear itself. Perhaps, you know, when he sees Dementors, he doesn't actually he doesn't actually fear the, you know, the thing attacking him, but he fears what they bring, so the memories that he has to relive. You know. So, I think he could... So maybe, maybe it still would be a Dementor. Yeah, exactly. I think it still would be, because he, you know, I don't think he actually fears the, the, the thing, he just fears what they can do, and... Right, now, I just think, I think it makes sense that the reason in, uh... In Prisoner of Azkaban, that Harry saw the Dementor wasn't necessarily because he was freaked out by it when he saw it on the train. Yeah. I mean, that may have had something to do with it, but it's also has a deeper representation of him only fearing. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Fear, yeah. right? Concur. That does do it for episode 57 of MuggleCast. We are off to LA, but the week after that, we will be back with episode 58. Once again, I am Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Kevin Stuck. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. We will see you in two weeks. Thought it was bad.